You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, you know what today is. Today is Crossover Thursday, and we have one of the best crossover episodes of the weekend. I'm just going to say Locked On Chargers, Locked On Ravens this week with one of the best hosts on the network, Kevin O'Striker. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm excited for this one. I guess I'm excited. I mean, I'm a little bit scared for this one for sure, but I'm happy to be here with you. You're one of my favorites. I appreciate that. You're you're one of mine too, Daniel. It's always fun talking with you and two good teams. I know the Chargers record will not say that. And I know the coaching situation right now in Los Angeles is not the best, but I always, I always get so intrigued by the Chargers because they have so much talent on that roster on both sides of the ball, but it just seems like, and, and we've talked about it, the Brandon Staley era, which for some reason is continuing here. Yeah. I, I just don't understand it, but, I think Sunday night between these two teams maybe has the potential to be a sneaky good matchup. Yeah, it could. I mean, like the Chargers, I mean, all they've done is lose one score games, right? They've only lost by two scores once, and it was against the Chiefs in a game that was probably closer than it seemed by the final score. But this one has a tendency to go a lot of different ways or like has the, you know, the possibility of going a lot of different ways. But this crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So Kevin, I'll be jealous, you know, just about the fact that you get to cover one of the teams that can't really be disputed as a good team right now. The Ravens have, you know, had some weird losses, obviously, but Hard to, you know, argue with what their record is at this point in the season. They are one of the top teams in the AFC. So going into this Sunday night football matchup, a game that'll be pivotal for them for, you know, number one seed consideration and things like that. What do you think is the biggest story for your team right now? Yeah, I think coming off a Thursday night win against the Bengals, it's been about the rest so far. And what I mean by that is the Ravens have had a, a pretty brutal travel schedule. They had to go abroad to London, play the Titans in week six. They had to come back to MT Bank State and blew out the Lions in week seven. <laughs> had to go back to the West Coast, play Arizona in week eight, back to Baltimore for another game in week nine against the Seahawks, which, again, another blowout there. But they'll be traveling to the West Coast in this one again. But the Ravens, after that Thursday night game, they have the mini-buy leading up to this. And even it's a bigger mini-buy because you go from a Thursday night to a Sunday night instead of a Thursday night to a Sunday at 1 p.m. game. Sure. But then after this game, they have their actual buy. So it's one game in 24 days for the Ravens, which at this point in the season is a blessing because everybody's dinged up at this point in the year. Everybody has injuries that are little things that they can get cleaned up with maybe a week of rest, a week and a half of rest. So while my sweet spot is usually like maybe week nine, week 10, week 11, this stretch of rest, especially with some of the injuries Baltimore has gone through recently from week one to week three, they lost like 12 starters. It was a brutal stretch. Something I know, Daniel, we've said here on Locked on Ravens for the past four seasons with the Ravens and their injuries, but they've been pretty healthy up until about week nine, week 10 ish. And then they started to lose guys again. So Lamar Jackson gets injured in that Bengals game. Logan Wilson actually injured Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Odo Beckham Jr. But John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, Adam at the ankle is fine. We'll kind of monitor practice throughout the week with that, obviously, as it continues. And then Odo Beckham with a shoulder. Really wasn't able to move it. And John Harbaugh saying it's not a long-term thing. I, again, refer to the injury report on that to see if he'll play in this game or not. But 
for the Ravens to have the rest that they do and to be in a position where they're eight and three and they don't necessarily look, they, they want to win this game against the chargers. I'm not saying they don't want to, but if they lose it, it's not the end of the world. Their season is not over and they're still in a position to one, win the AFC North and two have a shot at that top seed in the AFC, which right now at least seems like a two team race between the Ravens and the chiefs. Yeah, and I mean, obviously in the AFC North now too, you have two starting quarterbacks done for the season. Joe Burrow, you know, shifts things dramatically in the North, right? Deshaun Watson, maybe less so because that team can win without him, right? I mean, but at the same time, yeah, this week, a couple of, you know, their top pass catchers potentially off the table for the Ravens. We know Mark Andrews isn't going to play this week. Odell Beckham, we'll see about that later on in the week, you know, but I do think, yeah, that is helpful for the Chargers. It does still feel like a game where, you know, Zay Flowers could go for like 180 just to dunk on Chargers fans a little bit more. What does it feel like to blow out a team? I don't know. I don't remember the last time the Chargers did. No, I mean, they've, the Chargers have, you know, blown out a couple of really, really bad teams. But I think the biggest story for them is just will their defense give them a chance, right? Because I think what you've seen is, is three out of their four wins this season have come against backup quarterbacks. It was Aiden O'Connell with the Raiders. Right now he's their starter, but still, Jimmy G was the guy at that point, right? Then you have the Tyson Bajant and Chicago Bears game, the Zach Wilson who just got benched game against the Jets in that one, and those are three of their four wins. They did beat Kirk Cousins, but like going into this one, every single good offense the Chargers have played has pretty much diced them up. The Cowboys game is the exception there, but like 36 points, 536 yards allowed against the Dolphins in a loss. 31 and 483 allowed against the Chiefs in a loss. 41 and 533 yards allowed in the loss to the Lions. Like, find me another team that's given up 483 as far as total yardage more than once so far this season. So, I mean, Justin Herbert has been playing like an MVP. We'll talk more about him. But I think for the Chargers, just a team that gives up the most passing yards in the NFL against a Ravens offense that ranks fifth in points per game, ninth in yards per game. It's like, can they give him a chance? Brandon Staley kept his job this week which is a surprise to a lot of Chargers fans. It's what the Chargers normally do. They don't fire coaches midseason. If they were going to do it, it felt felt like it would have been after the loss of the Packers. Hard to blame them for a loss to the Ravens this week if that's the way things end up going down. But like when I look at this matchup, it feels like it could turn into a blowout. Like the Ravens have a really good defense. They have an offense that has blown out the Lions, blown out the Seahawks. And to me, it's just, hey, can Brandon Staley, with his job still right, come up with a game plan, get this team together against a good offense. I have my serious doubts about it. And, you know, you mentioned the one-score games, Daniel. You mentioned some of the troubles they've had closing them out. Well, the Ravens have been one of the teams where you can even yeah. go back to last year a little bit. I'm sure you've seen a the graphic Dolphins or two here too. and there. Yep, the Dolphins game last year was bad. The Giants, et cetera. They've been a team that has blown some fourth-quarter leads, has had some self-inflicted mistakes, and every team does to an extent. Yeah. But I think Baltimore's earlier in the season hasn't been an issue as much as of late. But we saw the 13 penalties against the Texans in Week 1. They had the seven drops against the Steelers in Week 5, four fumbles on four straight possessions in Week well, yeah, week 3 against the Colts. So they've kind of had these things where the, the whole conversation is, well, they should be 10-0 and 0, or they should be 9-1. Right. And, and at this point, your, your record is what it is. You know, it's the what it could have should have yeah. in the league. Every team has that. But for the Ravens, they are a dominant team with those mistakes. But at this point, as we now head further and further into the season, these aren't trends that, you know, aren't sure. We're not sure about them. That's an early season thing where yeah, agreed. the penalties – that was a week one thing. They've cleaned it up for the most part. Every team has good and bad games with penalties. The one thing I will say has been a trend for them has been the fumbles. Lamar has 10 on the season Ooh. through 11 weeks. Didn't have one last week, so that at least is, is a start. Yeah. But 
that he's had some issues with the mesh point with some of his running backs, Justice Hill in particular. But even despite that, the Ravens have gone on a tear here with their offense, which with the new system, with Todd Munkin, they bring in new weapons, Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers. There was always going to be a ramp up period here. It wasn't going to be like the Ravens were going to blow every single team by 40 points from week one to week 18. But they've now been on a stretch where over the last five weeks, they've scored over 30 points. So they've had some consistency in their offense and that paired with their defense, which has been playing out of their minds this year. You talk about, I do yards per attempt yeah. in terms of how, how I grade, but the Ravens are sixth in passing right now. Or yeah, no, they're actually, excuse me, the first in passing right now is looking at offense. They're the number one pass defense in the league and yards per attempt wise, it doesn't look great because they have had teams run up and down on them a little bit over the last two weeks. They're 21st in the league. But these past two weeks rushing the ball, teams have been able to out-physical them a little bit at the line of scrimmage, Cleveland in particular. So maybe that's one area I'm looking at, as can the Ravens bounce back? It kind of happened a little bit in the first half of that Cincy game. Obviously, Joe Burrow goes down. And sure, that changes the complexion of what a game looks like. But I do think that it's impressive because without Marlon Humphrey for a lot of these games, missed a bunch of games early in the season, missed last week as well. Brandon Stevens has stepped up. Gino Stone is the Ravens interception leader. Not necessarily household name stepping up for them, but they're getting contributions from stars and also role players, and it's been big for them. Yeah, and for the Chargers, I mean, if you actually felt like you had a guy, you know, well, first of all, as far as like the, you know, I don't think they're going to get run all over. The Chargers have one of the worst rushing attacks in the league. They're not going to out physical the Ravens. I don't think that's going to happen. But in the larger sense of things, you know, Brian Staley kept his job. You have the ultimate test in front of you. You have a chance to change the narrative. You have a chance to beat the first team you beat. That's a really good team since the 2021 season. It's the Dolphins last year. That's the last good team they beat. That's the last playoff team that they beat, right? The only team they beat, they were one in six against playoff teams. You have a great opportunity to show that this defense is good and that you're, you know, making improvements, all those things this week. We'll see if they're going to do it, but that's a really, really hot offense coming into town, coming off a mini bye week. We saw what the Detroit Lions did off an actual bye week against the Chargers. They went out there and put up 41 and just had a counter punch for every punch the Chargers had offensively. And I feel okay about the Chargers offense, at least being able to do something with Justin Herbert playing at the level he is right now. Defensively, though, I think is the biggest question going into this one. But you talked about Brandon Stevens. You talked about that secondary. Keenan Allen versus that secondary is going to be one of the best matchups in this game. We're going to get into the other best matchups and the most important players in this game coming up right after this. First, this episode of both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Chargers is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is awesome because it's the most fun so many have happening up to 25 times their money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less in their projected stats, and place your entry. And if you're a basketball fan with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. So that's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players for different sports or leagues. For example, if you're a big LeBron James fan, you can pick LeBron James and maybe Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like Rapper Meet Mill and Comedian Andrew Schultz, you can do that. You can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community 
each week. And Prize Picks offers a really cool reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. I'll tell you one thing, Kevin. Meek Mill does not want the smoke from me on prize picks. I love my prize picks. But let's get into the rest of the biggest matchups. We talked about the biggest storylines for this one, and I think there are some really good matchups. Um, I'll start here because I think really the one thing that has a chance to turn this game sideways, right, to keep it from being competitive, to really decidedly give the Ravens a gigantic advantage going into this one, is the Chargers offensive line versus the Ravens pass rush because they're going up against a loaded front, which Davian Clanny, Adofa away, Kyle Van Noy, obviously, who was a Charger in 2022. That trio has been great for the Ravens. They lead the NFL in sacks with 44 going into week 12. And what we have seen from the Chargers specifically over the last couple of weeks is, hey, if with a healthy Justin Herbert, if you give him enough time, if you just even give him a chance to kind of maneuver around in the pocket and just don't have multiple guys losing their one-on-ones on any given snap, like he'll be able to navigate it, find plays down the field, and make some things happen. But if they don't, it's really, really tough for this offense to get going, and especially without a really rushing attack to kind of keep the Ravens off balance. Like I think this is the biggest matchup for the Chargers going into this one. Yeah, it, it's a huge one. And I'll talk a bit about when you talk about the Chargers offense versus the Ravens defense. I'll move into, you know, a little bit specific player wise with I think Keenan Allen is somebody that we know he is the Chargers passing offense right now. No Mike Williams, no Josh Palmer. So you have Quentin Johnston, but unfortunately, we all know. <laughs> don't talk about Quentin Johnston. <laughs> we, we, all know, we all know what happened. I'll leave it Jeez at that. We all, we all know what happened. But Keenan Allen has been dominant for the chargers i know it did have a case of the dropsies on, on sunday that, that's a thing that's true but he's been as solid as ever he's kind of carried that passing offense for years now you can't deny him he's one of the better receivers in this league and for the ravens depending on if marlon humphrey is back or not obviously we, i don't think we'll know that until closer to game time yeah but you you have guys like brandon stevens stepping up for them you have guys like arthur millette who they brought in from pittsburgh who's played really well in the slot so depending on where the chargers want to line him up they have guys to throw it even ronald darby has played well yeah. for the ravens this year in spurts so we'll see what happens with the with the corner matchup on keenan allen i know we're kind of far away from the days of revis island and shadowing guys with one specific player but allen is someone who you have to account for in this offense, because if you can shut him down, I think it limits the Chargers options despite Justin Herbert. And I think he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But it does limit who he has the ability to throw to because they are down so many without Mike Williams, without Joshua Palmer. So yep. I'm intrigued to see how the Ravens kind of throw coverage at Keenan Allen and maybe say, hey, you know what? We know that Keenan Allen can be a guy who beats us. We dare you to beat us with someone else. And that should be every team's game plan going up against the Chargers, right? Because, like, I like, even against Marlon Humphrey, I like Keenan Allen against any of those dudes one-on-one. -on -one, if the Ravens were willing to leave it at that, right? Like, if you're willing to leave Keenan Allen because of the way the Chargers have been able to use motion and find different ways to free him up, get him free releases off the line of scrimmage, and just be able to go. Because the thing is, is they're targeting him down the field more now. So it's like what's really killed DBs against them this year is they always expect him to go to the sticks because he's one of the best third down converters in the entire NFL. But 
Now when he's opening things up and he'll turn that field and you're trying to play the stakes, that's a problem for other teams. The problem is for the Chargers, they don't have anyone else that can step up and be a legitimate receiving option outside of him. An NFL-capable, above-average to average receiving option. We saw last week Quentin Johnston isn't there yet, right? It's going to take more time with him. He was always going to be a project to a certain extent. There's ways they can use him, but when you're talking about just the one way you could slow down the Chargers offense, obviously sacking Justin Herbert, not giving him time is number one. The second most important thing is trying to slow down Keenan Allen because the dude has been on absolute fire this year. He's been a top five receiver in the NFL this year by any metric you want to look up. And over the last couple of games, 21 catches, 291 yards and three touchdowns. Like that is what Keenan Allen's capable of. Everyone knows it's coming, and he's been able to do that anyways against the Detroit Lions off of a bye, and obviously last week against the Green Bay Packers, who went into that game with one of the better you know, pass defenses in the NFL. So I like Keenan Allen's matchups. If they're going to take him away, double-team him, just throw everything at him, that's a great way to slow down this Chargers offense. But let's get into the most important player, because that was my other most important matchup, was Keenan Allen versus Brandon Stevens and Ronald Darby and whoever they want to throw up against him because Josh Palmer will miss at least one more game on injured reserve. Let's talk about the most important player here, Kevin. Who do you think that is? Can it be anyone other than Lamar? What is it? <laughs> I know it, it is Lamar, but I always try to I try to switch it up because you know the the obvious. It's very hard not to go Lamar. Justin Herbert every week. Yes, yeah, I, exactly. I understand so that, yeah. I always want to give a player that I feel like you know maybe is getting a, a little less love than sure. he should be. And I think this guy's getting a ton of love and as he should be, but Justin Matabike for the Ravens has been incredible is an interior pass rushing presence. Yeah. And I think it's in today's league, it's almost, it's kind of hard to find consistent interior rushes, especially from a player like Matabike, who I think Ravens fans, people who cover the team have been predicting a breakout for a while from him. This is a contract year. So of course it happens in the contract year, but yeah. he's had nine and a half sacks for the Ravens so far this season. That's he's been, That's he's been, inc- he's number. incredible. And he, yeah. he works out with Aaron Donald in the off season. So maybe Stop you're getting it. some of that, with that knives? Aaron, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of that Aaron, <laughs> that Aaron Donald training going on. But the crazy part about it is the Ravens haven't really had a pass rush over the last six or seven years to the point that they're getting with Matabike. The Ravens had 48 sacks in all of 2022. They have 44 as a team this season. Yeah. They're four off their total from last year. And that's not just a Matabike thing, Jadavian Clowney has stepped up, old friend for you guys, Cal. What a sign. Boy has yeah. played and played really well for him. But the Ravens have not had a double-digit sack guy since Terrell Suggs back in 2017. So they are probably going to get that, I'd assume, unless they it goes the Justin Houston route. What happened with Houston is he had nine and a half sacks through like seven games or nine sacks through seven games. Yeah. Got got a half sack the rest of the season, but it finished with nine and a half. So Matabike has been awesome. He is lightning quick. He has moves and he's been a big part of what they do. And I know you, you say you pick Justin Herbert. If I had to pick an important player for the Chargers, of course, I'll throw it to you. But I always have to mention Derwin James on Chargers shows because he, he was the big what if for the Ravens back in that 2018 draft when they traded out, they took Hayden Hurst. They obviously got Lamar by trading back into the first round. But I think every team wants to have some sort of a Swiss army knife. The Ravens have it with Kyle Hamilton. And I think for Derwin James, he's kind of that guy for the Chargers defense. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people have been on Derwin James this year, but I think it's, you know, a lot of different things. Like I think he's been slowed down by the amount of unnecessary roughness penalties he's had. He's had four different, you know, helmet to helmet or hitting high kind of penalties this year and to the point where they're looking for him to do it right. Like he has a reputation at this point. Uh, Like there was a hit in the last, last week against the, the Packers game where, 
the a receiver took a shot over the middle from a Packers defender. It's like Derwin James gets a flag on that 100 out of 100 times, right? But now because he has that reputation, is he playing a little slower because of that? Is he a little bit, you know, more thinking when he's trying to hit someone instead of just doing what Derwin James does best and just letting his natural athleticism bright and just playmaking ability take over? It's hard to say. I think the hard thing for the Chargers, they have two guys who are better fit at strong safety with Alohi Gilman and Derwin James, both really playing to their strengths up near the line of scrimmage. That has affected him a little bit. Dean Marlowe has been a veteran that's come in on the back end and helped a little bit. But, like, it's hard because the Chargers secondary is a mess. How much of that has been Derwin James? He's a portion of it. He's nowhere near the biggest problem. But it hasn't been the dominance that we've seen from him. It's not an all-pro season this year for Derwin James. I think for the Chargers, you know, I would have been Keenan Allen or Justin Herbert you'd pick for this. Both have been equally important to them. But, like, I think the thing about the Chargers and Justin Herbert specifically is, is Justin Herbert's played like an MVP the last two weeks. They still lost, right? He's fully healthy now. He's using his legs. Had the second most rushing yards he's ever had in the game last week was 73. But the problem is now, Kevin, it's like when he plays like that and you still lose, how can you win? How can you feel good about this game unless he's playing that way, right? So, like, it feels like for the Chargers to have a chance in this game, you have to have MVP Herbert at minimum, and then some, right? And, and it's still going to take some more after that. And we're going to get into that and what we think is going to end up deciding this game in a game that the Chargers need if, you know, they want to prove people wrong, keep their season alive, I guess. And we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. Back here with one of the best crossover episodes of the season, Daniel Wade locked on Chargers, Kevin O'Striker locked on Ravens. Very excited to be here for this one. Love crossover Thursday as always, but Lockdown has another really cool thing going on because they have launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts that only Lockdown can give you, plus the national shows covering every single league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So it's funny for this one, Kevin, when I was thinking about, you know, we're recording this a little earlier in the week, but when I'm thinking about like what the Chargers can do to win this game, especially reeling after losing to a bad Packers team, right? It, it, one of the guys who popped into my mind was a host of Locked On Titans, Tyler Rowland, right? Because he recently put out a graphic about how the Titans could beat the Jaguars, not having much faith in them. And it was something like collecting all seven Dragon Balls or, you know, finding a mysterious lamp that has a genie in it that can grant you three wishes. Shout out Tyler Rowan. But it does kind of feel like that's the case for the Chargers going into this one. They're going to be underdogs in this game when things are all said and done and the dust settles. You do get the Ravens at home, which is probably better than going to the East Coast and going to Baltimore. But still, it feels like, you know, we'd have to see a lot of things we haven't seen from the Chargers this week to beat the Ravens on Sunday night football. And there's a chance that if things don't go right, if things start to tailspin, the Chargers could get embarrassed on national television this week. It's it's plain and simple like that. They have to play a game, a good game, and they also kind of have to just play the best game they've played so far this season. But when you're looking when you're looking at what you want the Ravens to do this week or what kind of the path to victory looks like, what does it look like to you? Yeah, there, there are a couple of different things. I think the main one, which we talked about earlier in the show, was when the Ravens have lost their games, for the most part, they've been self-inflicted mistakes. Now, I will give credit to Cleveland because in the second half of that game, they just wanted it more. And it, that that was Cleveland beating Baltimore, not Baltimore beating Baltimore. But they allow teams sometimes to hang around and kind of get the game super sloppy and yeah. super ugly. Turn it into a street fight, sure. Exactly. And, and yeah. that's what I think 
for the Ravens, they have to avoid. They have to get off to a strong start. Maybe I always say like a 14-3, like one of those leads. Yeah. Because then it forces the other team to come from behind. And some teams are better at that than others. But against this Ravens defense. And, and again, it lets the, the Ravens part, play to their strengths offensively, yeah, right? Like ex- they're exactly. not trying to play from behind. No. And I think the thing with this Todd Munkin offense versus what we've seen or what we saw from the Greg Roman days in Baltimore was that, that Ravens team was always, you know, what we're going to have these 10 minute drives are going to be 15 plays. We're going to take up all the clock, right. but this Todd Munkin offense is we'll go 80 yards in four minutes and five plays and just, you know, score a touchdown. And that'll be that. And that's how that game against Detroit in week seven was over by the middle of the second quarter. The lions had six fourth down attempts in that game because they had to go for it every single time because the, yeah. they, they were up like 28, nothing. The Ravens were in the middle of the second quarter. So if the Ravens can get off to a fast start and avoid the chargers, having any sense of, Oh, you're to work close in this one. We're right there. We can right. come back for some teams that that can be a, a sentence where you start to maybe feel yourself get a little heavier. It starts start creeping to maybe, in. Yeah. Yep. You, you start to give in a little bit, especially so, for a team that has the nightmares, right? That has the Sunday scaries right. that the chargers have where it's like, you've seen it play out before with them. Right. And, yeah. it, and it's hard to say that these players aren't thinking about that when these things get a little tight when the game gets late on both sides right because like for the ravens it's like oh shoot we have given up a few fourth quarter leads right how do they start feeling when things get close like they did in the browns game who you said wanted it more and i think on the flip side invertly to that like inversely to that is just yeah the chargers hang around right give yourself a chance hang around be around the game and keep it close enough in the fourth quarter to where you give yourself a chance but i think to me kevin it comes down to this like for the Chargers to beat a team that's much better than them, it takes a certain kind of great game script, which is for them, yeah, get ahead, right? Get the Ravens a little less out of their comfort zone than they would have been in years past, obviously, in the Greg Roman offense where it's like run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But get them, make them one-dimensional to a certain extent, right? The Chargers' run defense has to be lights out. They've been lights out most of the season, but they went against Detroit and they got shredded, right? And that was a huge reason why Detroit was able to put up 41 in that game. But for the Chargers to beat a better team, which the Ravens 100% unequivocally are, red zone and turnovers. That's it for me. Like, if the Chargers want to give themselves a chance, they have to be better offensively and defensively in the red zone than the Ravens are. The Chargers went 0 for 3 in the red zone last week, a huge reason why they lost, and they had been one of the best red zone offenses in the league, one of the only red zone offenses better than the Ravens' red zone offense. But that's to me. If you can turn a couple of Ravens touchdowns into Justin Tucker field goals, that's huge for them, right? If you can win the turnover margin, that's huge for them. The Chargers have lost the turnover battle the last couple of weeks, and if you looked at what you were saying about the Ravens, every single Ravens loss has come with two-plus turnovers, right, or two-plus giveaways, I should say, by that Ravens offense. So I think it is inversely the exact opposite script for the Chargers where it's like, hey, hang around in that fourth quarter. Maybe you can come from behind and win this game and also win in the red zone and win in turnover battle. Yeah, and I will say that we we know for the Ravens it's been they've sometimes struggled to hold those fourth-quarter leads, sometimes struggle with those self-inflicted mistakes. But for the Chargers, we know it's the one-score games, and they've yep. had trouble closing those out. So if it does get there, I think you feel a little more confident because the Chargers have just have that, had that issue. But if you're the Ravens, you don't want to be the team that all of a sudden <laughs> all of a sudden solves those yeah. chargers fourth yeah. quarter one score game woes, 100%. and you're known as oh well every other team can do it but you're you, the team you, that you, fixed but you're the team yeah. that can't do it so i think that you know mm. if i had to make a prediction I'd, I'd pick the ravens in this one i just think they're on 
a role right now. And I know that they lost that Cleveland game a couple weeks ago, but depending on the injuries, again, we'll kind of see how that unfolds throughout sure. the rest of the week. I think Friday is obviously the biggest day for that, but I think that for Baltimore, it's not, a, it's not a catastrophe if they lose it, but I think that this will be maybe a nine, nine point win for the Ravens. Maybe a, I don't know, 27, 18, like a weird, a weird score, weird score game. Cause That's the prime time games have potential. Game. It's either like, 40 to like 38 or they're really weird game. So I'll say like a nine point Ravens win, but I think the chargers have the talent, but I think to me, it just comes down to the coaching and we'll see if Brandon Staley maybe has a miracle in him, or if this will just be another Brandon Staley chargers game. Yeah. And that's what every game has been. It felt like, right. But I think you do have two teams going in opposite directions. Like you have a, a streaking Ravens team with new coordinators who have seemed to put the right pieces around, who is a very solid head coach. And the success has been, you know, what it's been like eight and three. It's hard to attest that like at this point, like you talked about, like you are what you are. You are what your record says you are. And the Chargers record says they're a four and six team. And when a four and six team is going up against an eight and three team, obviously the Chargers, you could think, hey, probably not the normal amount of talent. It's definitely not the normal quarterback you see on a four and six team. I can tell you that right now. But they're going to have to pull all, out all the stops, right? It's going to have to be an uber-aggressive Brandon Staley. It's going to have to be a couple of breaks going their way, maybe a defensive score like you saw Cleveland get in that game, right? That's what it feels like. That's the the recipe for success. It's going to take kind of a chaotic hurricane of things to happen for the Chargers to win this one, including getting out of their own way late in the game and finding a way to, you know, put the dagger in a team, to be able to step on a team's throat, to be able to finish a game close at the end of things. So I'm excited for it. I mean, you know, it's a chance for the Chargers to kind of have that shock the world moment. And it's a game where they go in as a house money team where there's not a ton of expectations. No one's really expecting him to win. Everyone's expecting him is going to pick them to lose. What are you going to do about it, right? What are these players going to do about it? How are they going to react to that? How are they going to react to being four and six? All those things are in the balance. But, Kevin, I'm super excited to watch it, man. Make sure you guys check out the Friday episode of Locked On Ravens with hopefully a full stomach of great Thanksgiving food. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone because I forgot to mention it at the top of the show. But, Kevin, excited for everything, man. Hopefully everyone checks out Locked On Ravens on Friday, and hopefully we get a good matchup on Sunday Night Football. I know the country is going to be watching. We'll see which one of these teams shows how good they really are. But thank you guys again, and we'll talk to you soon.